Hey, Dante. Hey, B. Looking pretty smart in your undies. Thanks, I've been doing my deads. <laughs> oh, I can see that. But it's not just what's in them. It's what's on them. Oh, yeah, I got on my smart-ass undies. They're not just super comfy. They've got cheeky motivations on them that keep me in the right state of mind. Oh, yeah, like we could all use a little brain lift these days, am I right? They're also lovingly made from sustainable, low-impact materials. So we can love the planet and cover our asses all at the same time. Motivate your ass with Smart Ass Undies. Click the link in the show notes or on the Things We Love page on our website. And remember to enter the discount code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. Smart Ass Undies. Cheeky and comfy. is welcome everyone welcome thanks for tuning in so i um i learned a new word today (gasps) i love new words and it's in german it is in german and uh, i'm gonna butcher it okay let's do you want to do you want to say it no i want to hear your i want to hear your attempt at it first fernve 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 okay and what does that mean Say it again. Fernve. 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 Spelled F-E-R-N-W-E-H. It's a show title. <laughs> In case you're wondering how to spell it. <laughs> and what does it mean? What does it mean? What is this weird-ass German word that I can't pronounce? They mean? have the best words. They have... They, it's an ugly language, but they, they it's the, be- they Germans the best... Germans excel. And this is... I mean, this is stereotypical German efficiency. Germans excel... I'm, I'm part German, by the way. Yeah. Germans excel at... Having a whole sentence worth of words <laughs> condensed into one extremely difficult word to pronounce. Yes, I think you're right like about that. Scheidenfreude. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah. What does that it means, mean? It means shameful joy. Shameful joy. Okay, which is basically our entire celebrity culture, which is like when you know we when we take a lot of pleasure in watching celebrities like just crash and burn. Like when Britney Spears is like, going on her bender yeah. and people you know. are so shitty to And yeah. and Volkswagen had Farfic Nugan. Yes. Which was it like for the joy of driving or something like that? I don't that. know what Farfic Nugan is. That but, might be made but, up. But I, but um Don't get that as a tattoo. Do you remember until you're do you remember sure. it goes like Schnell? Do you remember that was a Volkswagen um It goes like Schnell? Schnell, yeah. Who's Schnell? Schnell is like really, really fast. Oh, yeah. okay. And then I, I have, I have a favorite German word too, mm-hmm. which sounds like Schadenfreude, but it's Vorfreude. Boyfreude. Vorfreude, which means the anticipation of future pleasures, which kind of brings us to Fernweh, because the anticipation of future pleasures would be something like packing for a trip, right? Or telling people about a trip, but actually packing for the trip fucking sucks yeah so actually part of Vorhoda, which is like the anticipation and the 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 pleasure you get from the fact that something fun is is coming up sometimes it's better than the actual thing itself you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah well christmas morning as a kid was most was like that it, the anticipation yeah. was generally way better than the reality that like you know it's like nine o'clock in the morning and you're like <sighs> <laughs> 
Now it's 365 more days till it's Christmas. Oh, because you had ripped through everything by 9 a.m. Yeah. and then it was over? Oh, yeah. wow, really? Yeah, and my cousin, mm-hmm. the the one, the, 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 the person of the letters on the fridge. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he... He would call me at like seven in the morning and tell me about all the pres- all the <gasps> shit he got, and my parents weren't even up yet. Wow! I know. Like, See, that shit ended early. My mother would only allow us to open a couple of things at a time until like the rest of the family showed up in the afternoon uh, for dinner. Okay. So for dinner, yeah, like so you got like one present that you opened and then just well, played with it. Well, all we were allowed. We were allowed to do our stockings. Yeah, that I was allowed to do without my parents. And we had one thing that wasn't even wrapped that was kind of left out so we could wake up in the morning and play with that thing so that they could fucking sleep for a little longer Mm -hmm. before we go up and bug them Mm -hmm. so that was pretty smart but yeah we'd have to wait until our relatives would arrive like mid-afternoon before we could open stuff anyway fernweh yeah oh yeah that word the cool word you learned fernweh is an ache for distant places missing places you've never been which is kind of a cool concept like, mm-hmm. how can that be? Craving for travel. I feel like that's what summer 2020 has been about. Yeah. It really has been about craving a lot of things. Because <laughs> here in Canada. Yes. Since the 13th of March, which I, in all of this craziness, I only just remembered that March 13th was a Friday. Right. It was Friday the 13th when our government announced that there was going to be a travel advisory. Yeah. Now, a lot of countries have government organizations that will like put travel advisories and it's like, be careful. This place has lots of pickpocketing sure. or, you know, be be forewarned about these things. But never in my entire life on this planet has there been a travel advisory simultaneously for every country in the world except for our own country. Basically, we would say we would suggest that you don't leave Canada at all ever for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And like six months later, eight months later, we still are under that same kind of advisory. You six can months, go. Like we, you can go, but then you have to. We, okay, there's a whole bunch of problems with that. There's still there's still an advisory though. There's right? still an advisory, yeah, so which means that which means there are some specific insurance plans now that will cover you because mm-hmm. they're they're trying to. to the travel industry is struggling at the moment, shall mm. we say? So they want people. To so do. they want to, but generally speaking, if you travel against the advice of your government, then the it invalidates a lot of the coverage that you would normally get mm-hmm. with these travel insurance. So it makes it very difficult for people to nowadays to get on planes and go. And that's what our summer plans have been like the last couple of years. We would always plan a trip in the summer to some cool place. Mm-hmm. And this summer we couldn't plan to well, as we, cool a place we saw a very beautiful part of our own country which was really nice we did but so you've done a lot of traveling in your life i've been fortunate yes and you've done some vacationing in your life less often yes can you explain the difference between those two terms because so, some people talk about them interchangeably but they're really not interchangeable terms yeah. are they so for me vacationing is when you Fly to a place, you get taken from the airport to like a hotel or something. By the shuttle. Yeah, by a shuttle. (laughs) You know, with you don't have to think about very much. Somebody's there meeting you at the airport, the transportation's organized. Then you get to the place 
and you don't leave the place very often. Everything's included. Yeah, like a, think of like an all-inclusive in like Mexico or something like that. Sure. Right? Like you land in Cancun, there's a direct tour director there with your name on it. They load you into a shuttle bus so you don't have to deal with the taxis and the porters mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they take you to the hotel and you get your little wristband and <laughs> you can eat in these five restaurants or wherever, right? right? All your drinks are included mm-hmm. and then you might go, you know, zip lining or go to some dolphin petting aquarium oh, or don't do that don't do that guys but but those kinds of like structured activities where mm-hmm. you and a busload of other tours from your hotel or neighboring hotels go to do the same thing right and then you come back and you get your souvenir pictures and you know all that kind of stuff and you go home and, and tell you go people home. you went to yeah and so- then and then you need like a vacation from your vacation <laughs> right is that- are there are there times when vacationing is advisable or a necessity like what like when would you say it's you know that's a good reason to vacation or you really need a vacation so i think if you are short on time yeah like those kinds of like all-inclusive getaways can be useful because if you're short on time like i mean like it's a last minute plan mm. so you don't have a lot of time to research the place you want to go and and the kinds of experiences you want to have but also if you don't have a lot of time in the place yeah like let's say you can only devote well four days or something like that that time we went we were going away for your birthday yeah and we only had a few days we did we did a long weekend and we went to isla mujeres Mm -hmm. isle of women yeah it's not a an island just of women it's just (laughs) wonder woman's not there no it's not yeah (laughs) what's wonder woman's where, where are they all from? All the Amazons. The Mascara. The Mascara. Is that the island or is that the people? Yeah, I think that's the island. Amazons okay. are the people. They're Amazons. Right. Okay, the yeah. Mascara. The Mascara. It's not that place. It's a place where where um, Mayan, Aztec, Aztec. I think a pre-Columbian indigenous culture. Mm-hmm. Their priestesses that were responsible for like fertility and, mm-hmm. and birth and stuff like that. Yeah. They had their temples and this is where this island because it's it's very close to like you can you can see Cancun. It's like literally just It's off. like a twenty minute ferry ride. Yeah, it's but, super close. But we we decided to I'm using air quotes now, vacation there. Right. Because we only had a short period of time. Yep. We didn't want to have to think about too many details. No. And yeah. we had we wanted to drink and eat and hang out, maybe snorkel a little bit, and that's exactly what we did. And the island was so small, you could legit, like, rent a golf cart and drive around the whole island in, like, what, an hour, an Mm -hmm. hour and a half? It was pretty fun. If even. And it was super fun. And there's, like, a windy side of the island and, like, a a windward side and a leeward side, and they were both very different. and, Mm -hmm. And, but you know what? You know what was super hard to do? It was super hard to find a place to eat where we could have local food that was really hard yeah because it was, it was all resorts it was all resorts one end of the island had like um like big high-rise type hotels like you would find mm. in cancun and then the end of the island that we were on was more like little boutique hotels so you know 50 rooms that kind of yeah, stuff yeah yeah um and so they were, they were a lot smaller but i'm in mexico i don't need to eat at chili's no or Senor Frogs or any of these like like American sports bar type places, which there were plenty of on yeah, the main strip. There were, yeah. I just wanted to eat like like at a 
Yeah, I wanted a flauta or a taqueria. Like, yeah. I wanted to yeah. eat some local food. But th- but this is the thing is that, oh, and just, just a hot tip for all of you that are, you know, vacationing somewhere and you want to kind of get out of your resort, eat at the local place, if you can find mm. local places, there the food is going to be way better and probably safer well. than eating at sort of North American um franchises i think a lot of people will choose like a burger king or a kfc or something like that because yeah. it looks familiar to them yeah, yeah, yeah. but the chances of you actually getting sick are a lot higher with those than with like the local restaurants whenever because these are these are like family owned places right? whenever i'm whenever i'm in a place and i'm looking for a place to eat mm-hmm. if there are a bunch of locals in the spot and it's busy that's where you go. That's a good sign. If it's all tourists. If it's all, well, or it's empty. Yeah. That's generally not, I mean, okay, if you go super early and you're ahead of the dinner rush, that's a different sort of story, right? Are you looking at me? N- no. Are you looking at me where I like to eat dinner no, at No, I have, lo- I have tiny kids. I've, I've eaten in, uh, I've eaten the blue plate special several times. <laughs> it's 4.30 and it's like, oh, it gets this time for dinner, right? Um... But yeah, if you Tengo look, hambre, mi amor. yeah, but yeah, it's only two in the afternoon. <laughs> why do you want dinner now? Um, but this is this is why this is why like those are the kinds of things that you look at because it's difficult. You're not necessarily going to have like a food inspection service that is like rated the quality of the restaurant mm. in a lot of these places that I've been to in Central and South America or in mm. Southern Africa. So you look to see, you know, how is the food being prepared? Is it? You know, are there a lot of local people there? Mm-hmm. Um, if you know what's awesome, if there's a lot of local people and you see several tourists there, because that that's generally a, a sign of a place that um, is serving good quality food at a reasonable price if the locals can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's lots of tourists there, then it's it's the kind of place that also has probably got decent you know, food hygiene and, and stuff mm, like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's, there's, so that's, okay, so that's vacationing for me is those kinds of things. Yeah. But what, like, I think, I think if you're, if you're relatively inexperienced. It's a great way to get a, a, a taste of, of the place. Absolutely. And getting used to, like, like, I, I have people in my life who have never traveled anywhere and they're very trepidatious about it. Oh yeah! Every time, every time you tell them we're going somewhere, oh my god, they lose their mind. Yeah, they they think that you're going to come back in a body bag or not at all, kind of thing, or in pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's because they doubt my skills. That's yeah, the but problem. see, they don't they don't know that you're the, a warrior in the garden. <laughs> you can handle or, yourself. Like I think you know. Also, if you have small children. Yeah, that's the other time that I've that I've done that that kind of of travel is. Uh, an all-inclusive is super uh, convenient mm-hmm. if you have small children when right. it's like, it's time to eat and we need to eat now. So right like now. buffet yeah. restaurants. Now, now. Yeah, now, now. Not yeah. like later, like right now. And 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 familiar things for the kids yeah. where they're not going to be like, what is that? Like, no, my kids like, are pretty good. They're, they have a pretty wide palate. Yours are, But yes, there are a but... lot of small children that have spent most of their early years eating chicken fingers and i was gonna say they won't eat anything that doesn't look like a nugget yeah yeah if it doesn't come breaded and fried that it's not going in their mouth (laughs) you can't dip it in ketchup it's not happening yeah exactly so so those kinds of things work out well but there this is my inspiration for the other way to travel is he's not with us anymore 
because oh, he's, he's dead. Why you know, do you have to? Oh man. Anthony Bourdain um, started out as a chef in New York City mm-hmm. and in, like on the in the shore, like in the in the Jersey coast and stuff okay. like that. And he uh, wrote an amazing book called Kitchen Confidential. You keep telling me that I need to listen to the well, audio because the audio book's amazing. It, right? He reads the audio book, right, but the right. thing is, is you know, I'm like, hey, when we when we drive to some other city, let's listen to this book, and and you're like, well, we're just gonna talk, and we do, and and no, 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 it's good. <laughs> No, no, no! Don't look at me like that. It's fun. I enjoy talking because because audiobooks. I, I guess I, I some hey, people look. At, some this pe- is what backpedaling sounds like. <laughs> some people, some people look at audiobooks as like a solitary experience, and yeah. other people look at it as like here's a chance to experience something together. And That's I feel a good like, point. and we I feel like you look at audiobooks as a solitary. The fuck up long no, I think, I think for us to listen to an audiobook. That's a great idea. I, if you haven't read Kitchen Confidential. You, or had it read to you. Or had it read to you. Hey, no, I think if you listen to an audiobook, audiobook, you've read the book. Because you've put you put in more time listening mm. to a book than actually reading it. Absolutely. It takes more time to listen to it than read and, it. And that kind of book kind of launched Bourdain's career. Mm. And he ended up doing this kind of travel show called No Reservations. He had another version of it as well. But no reservations was kind of huge. I think it was produced by CNN. Okay, and and he went all over the place. Right, and his ethos as this cook, as as a chef, mm-hmm. was when you go to these places, when you go to a country, you go to a city, you can look at the guides of all the places to go. You can look at those touristy spots. Right, but if you want to understand that place. You talk to the dishwashers, the line cooks, the people that work in the back of house mm-hmm. in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Where do they go to eat? What right. sort of experiences do they ah. do to get that authentic flavor? And that's basically the way he approached this show. And he went all over the world right. and to various cities in the U.S. And it was just like, it was like, that's the way I want to experience the world. The world, the right. places that right. I that I travel. I don't necessarily... Look, there's reasons why the Christ the Redeemer in, in Rio de Janeiro is a massive tourist thing. Oh, yeah. It's impressive. And if you go to Rio, you definitely should go and, and do that. So there are some touristy things are, you should do. There are definitely things in every place that I think is important for you to see. Yeah. I, I don't appreciate whenever we tell people we're going somewhere, they give us a laundry list of shit you absolutely have to do because somehow don't if tell you me what don't, to do. if you, I hate when people <laughs> because if because somehow if you don't complete this laundry list of touristy things, it invalidates your, right, your trip experience. somehow. Yeah, which is just like you know. I, I just find, you know, because then it's like, why does it have to be so prescriptive? Absolutely. The the, the awe-inspiring sights. Sure, if there's a natural beauty or something like that. Absolutely. Like, you can't go to Banff and not see Lake Louise. Right. You literally cannot. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Sure. But... And you can't go to to Lisbon without going and getting Portuguese tarts. Like, you got to the place that, like, invented... Portuguese tarts. Yeah. You got to go there. And you'll have to line up and you'll have to be with a bunch of tourists. Some of them will have arrived on busloads because it's an itinerary of things that they've gone mm. to see. And then there'll be people but that's like why, us that just... That's why we go first thing on a Saturday morning. Right. And we have a car and we're able to kind of freeform it a little bit. And right. and and I... And what I also learned from Anthony Bourdain was to not be too rigid in your plans. 
That's a hu- that's a great point. Don't over schedule your i your trip. Have those couple of must see things that you definitely want to do, mm-hmm. and leave time to explore. Because when you have that meal in that little local restaurant, and you strike up a conversation with the proprietor or the waiter mm-hmm. or waitress mm-hmm. or whoever, and then they say, "Hey, you know, there's this thing happening." two days from now right it's super cool maybe you should check it out you want to have space in that itinerary you don't want to be so over scheduled that you can't you can't do something with without sacrificing something that you've already planned or maybe even paid for so vacationing is basically or sorry travel as as the way like the definition the, we're going to use the definition we're going to use is basically free in it to a point I mean, you're not like covering your eyes and just blindly running no. around, but you're keeping an open mind to, and I think keeping an open mind to your itinerary, but I think keeping an open mind to what you could experience right. while you're there. And I like to focus in, and I think this is Bourdain's influence on me, on the food culture oh my and God, the beverage yeah. culture. I, that That is definitely a great way. I think that that's the way we, we tend to travel is mm-hmm. that we... We both are, I'm a huge fan of food. Yes. And wine. Yes. Well, we both are. <laughs> and you're a huge fan of food and wine and craft beer. Yes. And that has enhanced a lot of the trips that we've taken and a lot of the travel that we've done. Because well, it's, it's, really it's such a good at, jumping off point, right? Well, and and it's it creates um, a rapport with the people that are either making that beer or that wine mm-hmm. or making that food or serving that food. Like you've gotten into so many great conversations with the people that are doing things differently within that, within that, that food culture, Yeah, you know, and just kind of learning about, and, and that's, if you've been to somewhere and I haven't, and we're sharing it together, for the first time, but you've already been there. That's the way you've always introduced new yeah. places to me. Yeah. Like, and then when you recognize something, I just, I didn't tell you this, but um, I'm watching that, uh, that Unwell series. Oh yeah, Netflix. right. That, that Netflix uh, documentary series that you cheated on me with. Please go ahead. <laughs> tell me about Unwell. In case you all didn't know, cheating in 2020 is watching something on Netflix that your Without partner your thinks partner. you're watching together. Yeah. <laughs> you jump ahead by yourself. I didn't want continue to watch High Score, the, the video game documentary, without you, <laughs> even though it's way more at my alley. <laughs> it's because you like to tell me about all... The, I played that game. I did that. I know that game. I love that game. That's what You don't want to say that out into the ether, so you wait until I'm sitting next to you okay. to do that. Okay. But... but um, there's um it's in the fasting episode and there's okay. a guy that has this like you know this fasting Program? retreat or whatever oh, it retreat. is okay, yeah. in costa rica and when they're introducing the guy they show him eating a rambutan right and i was like holy shit like i only know about those because we were in costa rica and we pulled over to the side of the road and bought rambutan one day and you know they're not rambutan's not not even from costa rica eh? oh it's not no it's from asia but it was brought over the fruit companies that for a a law for a long time in central america kind of ran things the the term banana republic yeah comes from like a fruit company running a country like chiquita banana United Fruit, mm-hmm, Standard mm-hmm. Fruit, which is now Dole, um, 
they would run things. They would they would control the government. The government would be puppets to them. That was a banana republic. Oh wow! Okay. And so these fruit companies in the uh, in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, were looking. Okay, you got this tropical climate. What other kind of things can we do? And okay. they would bring in fruit like rambutan oh, okay. into the area there. But it's a weird. It's a delicious fruit. But most people look at it and go, "How the fuck do I eat this?" It's like if a sea urchin. <laughs> you eat them like grapes. Yeah, it's like if a sea urchin was. Like a like a squidgy land thing that grew on a tree. Yeah, and then you pop it open. You should put you should put a picture in the, okay, in the show. Okay, you know what? Let me just let think, me just put think, a picture. I think in a picture there. is worth a thousand words. But then you you open it up and it looks like you've got like a testicle in inside of it. Which is why you ate most of the bag, and I went mm, yummy. And I was okay, like, hey, I, you just I, put this in your mouth, and you're like, no, no, no I will not. <laughs> no, no, I will bite it. Yeah. and see if I like it. <laughs> And then it tastes like a but, grape. But they look like eyeballs. Yeah. They look like eyeballs with no irises. That's oh, man. Don't like. even get me started on what cacao is like. Okay, no, life. okay, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, we wanted to talk about this because I think that um, there are so many things to learn about yourself and about where you're going mm-hmm. if you're traveling rather than vacationing. Yeah. And and if if you are looking for a different way of thinking about things or 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 different scenery and i and i i realize that people that live in in most of north america just want a change of scenery in the way of like sand and palm trees yeah, and umbrellas and, in their drinks and warm i get weather. that yeah. i get it I, I and you know what listen we live in canada man winter is long and fucking hard yeah and it's like fuck man i you know around january all you want to do is trade minus whatever 30 degree celsius for plus 30 plus 30 and palm tree like i fucking get that man i get it (laughs) but if you can learn something and immerse yourself in a new culture and learn about people I think that has so much more value yeah. than just moving your first world life somewhere else for a week and just like blowing your brains out on a beach. Like I, just, and I having can... your towels folded into animals and stuff like that. <laughs> I want to learn how to do that. Like, dude, that I've amazing. tried to like reverse engineer the elephant. I've have had. you? It's impossible, man. I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> that is a real talent do. that it people is have. Awesome. When they take your sunglasses and put it on it, or like. And this is the thing where I, I, I always feel, even even when we spent those couple of days in Mexico, right. I felt like <sighs> there's this sort of like, I don't know if other people feel this kind of guilt where it's like, I don't feel like this is okay. What you know, did- like, like the people, like people that are working at the resorts and stuff like that. It's like, like if I were you guys, I would hate us. But there's an easy way to fix that. What? Don't be shitty to the people that work in the I hotel. I know. And this is the thing. I know like what I- you're thinking about in Mexico. Do you? I do know. I, when we were eating dinner one, one lunch dinner. I think it was breakfast. I think it was breakfast. We were, it was one of the meals where the restaurant on site was buffet. Okay. Yeah. And there was, was and there was this, it was breakfast and there was this dude who had piled so much stuff onto so many different plates that he had one of the waitresses carry 
yeah. his plates while he carried a little tiny cup of coffee yeah. back to his table. I was so angry. And then he and then and and then and then didn't even say thank you. No, he didn't. She just put it down and he just went about, you know, shoving yeah. his pie hole with fresh pineapple or whatever. Like, yeah, because in his mind, that's what she's there for. Yeah. And, and I that's feel, not okay. I get really uncomfortable with that. This, that's one of the reasons I don't enjoy vacationing. Yeah. Because I just feel it's like, you know, like, like Naomi Klein has a book called The Shock Doctrine. Okay. Have you heard about this book? No, I haven't. It's, it's all about disaster capitalism. So, for example, when the tsunami happened... Um, in Indonesia. Yeah. And there were fishing villages all along that coast there that mm. had been there for generations. And they, a lot of the people there actually survived because they could see the signs right. of the tsunami brewing. So they ran inland and escaped it, except that it destroyed all their fishing villages. Right. And then what disaster capitalism is, is that these hoteliers and resort owners and developers moved in mm -hmm. and took advantage of all of these fishing villages being completely decimated, built these resorts, and now these people that have been taking care of themselves and feeding themselves and had this, you know, peaceful, amazing way of life are now relegated to working in these resorts yeah serving shitty people from the west that show up and expect to be waited on hand and foot right and you know that book changed a lot of things for me like i learned a lot of things from that book when did you it's, read it's that really book? powerful oh god i was how many years ago i want to say like 2007 oh so at this point that's 13 years ago yeah okay and at that point i was like i i don't want to be that person yeah that that comes in and ex exploits right that you know the 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 people the people of of a country yeah. where it's like i would rather come to your restaurant to your family restaurant yeah. or to your family shop or to your i would rather do that and give you my money so that you can continue the life that you've had and your parents had and your grandparents have had in some proud tradition and 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 support you that way yeah. do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like so i've always like since i read that book and kind of became more aware aware of of how all that works i've i've really not wanted to um go on those kinds of trips ever again and by the time i met you and we went on our first trip mm -hmm. i'd kind of been traveling You've been traveling for like 15 years. 15, no, 16, 17 years at that point, yeah, right? By the yeah. time we did our first trip together. But I mean, you, and, and you had already done your PhD field work. Like you literally were dropped in the middle of the Honduran jungle. I wish I was just dropped in the jungle. That was a long ass hike to get to my field site. It was like 18 kilometers. My bad. Yeah. But, but then I, in the interim after that, I had spent several months a year living in countries in central and south america right. working and you get to know a place right and, and you get to know the people you get to know the people to, yeah. and you pick up the language especially if you spend that much time in a place you start to pick up the language and once you have even just a few words in the local language then you can start communicating in a different way and opportunities start to open up to you because you're more open to what's going on i remember right. i remember wandering around in havana in cuba 
in some neighborhood like 2015 yeah and just wandering around and stopping in some local spot Mm -hmm. and 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 it was hot as balls and just getting a drink and just chatting and you could tell foreigners were not generally seen in this part of town and it wasn't mm-hmm. dangerous but but it just it wasn't it just a, wasn't it, just, it wasn't a touristy place mm-hmm. you know what i mean and and when we when we landed in lisbon and we got our we got our, our airbnb and then which and i get that there are there are problems with airbnbs all over the world and i, I understand that but there are few options available to people who aren't from an area to find a place to stay like an airbnb i i think airbnb has an you're right. There are problems with that. With Just things like, like occupancy, rental properties starting to disappear because they I, become short-term rental properties. I understand properties. that. Yeah. I understand that. However, tourism is a huge industry mm-hmm. as well for, you know. But what Airbnb has allowed people to do is to safely travel mm-hmm. rather than vacation because yeah. you can you can find places. If you do your research and you know the area that you kind of want to be in mm-hmm. you're able to find something very close so that you can immerse yourself in that culture in the neighborhood in the city that you're in like and the airbnbs that we found in portugal and in spain really allowed us we didn't need a car for no. we were in we we're in in seville for four days and we didn't need a car the we, whole time. We parked it that first day and then and hoped it was there four days later because it, was it wasn't even it was near. Literally, where... we had to, you literally had to park it like a kilometer away yeah. from where we were staying. Yeah. But we didn't need it. No. We we walked everywhere. And there was a restaurant that we went to, went back to three and four times. They started to get to know us because we would show up so often. And the food was so good. So good. Yeah. And, and this was the thing. You would start to see you know people coming out with their kids and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. And that was... So I I get it. I get Airbnb's not perfect mm-hmm. and there's issues with it, but I think it has allowed people fairly safely and reliably to be able to stay closer to places that to decentralize they want to be. the yeah. tourism focus, right? And Absolutely. ideally, I guess the idea is being that that tourism money will get spread over a wider area and not to be focused in on the giant hotels that are right. part of corporations and, and the touristy kind of parts of the city yeah. not yeah. to mention the fact that there's more money for you to spend in that in in different ways in the city because you airbnbs are like an apartment or a condo yeah. or a home where you have a kitchen and you can cook your own meals and mm-hmm. that's a lot even even just going to the to the grocery store was it's a love, great experience. I love for us. going to local grocery stores. It's great. It's so much fun. You're like, what's this? And what's this? We discovered new wines and we yeah. discovered new you know, new kinds of of I mean, I I had like a favorite bread. Yeah. That but um so it's really opened up, I think, opportunities for people to travel safely. Yeah. And to and to stay in, in some place where they know they're gonna be closer to, to to things that they want to see or places that they want to explore. So um, I wanted to talk about some of the things that you should do to enhance your traveling experience. So you mentioned um, there's a lot of places that you've traveled in Central and South America, Mm -hmm. as well as I mentioned earlier, we spent some time in Spain. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me... 
what it's been like for you knowing how to speak Spanish. How do you think your experiences in all those countries is different from someone who doesn't speak Spanish at all? Well, I know what it's like because the first time I went to Honduras, I didn't speak any Spanish whatsoever. Okay. I thought that the village that we were staying in was named Peligro, which means danger in Spanish. (laughs) It's because there was a Peligro uh, sign on the bridge over the river before because that river floods so you spoke at least one word of spanish. so i was like oh we're almost and then I, no, we're almost we're, in peligro no, almost, we were driving and i'm like oh we must be close to home there's another peligro and the person the people we were with are like that means danger dumbass like right and i was like okay fuck this noise i need to like i need to Gringos. yeah right I, yeah. i'm i'm not i'm not doing this again without knowing some spanish so i came home and and this was between like it was an undergraduate field course and and when i went back to honduras a year and a half later to do my master's research Mm -hmm. i spent that intervening time doing like spanish lessons a couple hours a week every week at at a spanish school and then when i went back to the country my experience was so dramatically different. Right. I still didn't have a ton, like I wasn't fluent, but I could have conversations, simple conversations with people. And I found, and made it very difficult to learn, that they were very accommodating with my shitty Spanish and didn't spend a lot of time correcting me to get better. They just kind of, oh, we know what you, we know what you mean. We like, know what you we, mean. Yeah, I think I know what you mean, right? And like, and and we would, I my point would get across, but my I didn't improve. I I really wanted somebody to be like, okay, I I think what you're trying to say is this, but here's like, here's how you should say it. Right. Go to school for that, I guess. But when you can start joking with local people and you can start poking fun at things and you start to understand the culture a little bit better, your experience changes. My experience changed dramatically. Absolutely. Right. And you've had that experience with me when we've gone places and, and you've seen me interacting with various people and, and laughing Oh my God, I, tra- I travel to, to Central and South America with you just so I can be there when you're speaking Spanish to people because, <laughs> oh my God. I know you like when I speak Spanish. I really do. But, but, but this is the thing, like I had to live there and go back to that country several times before I had the level of Spanish that you have now sitting on your couch every night throwing 10 15 minutes into like Duolingo or, or another kind of language app program which oh kind of God, gamifies it's... the learning of the language which is why learning some of the language should be one of the first things you should try and do absolutely when you go somewhere because you have no excuse not to you can download an app on your phone and if you know you're going somewhere even you... if it's in a week you could spend that week learning phrases and learning as much as possible so that when you get there you're not just like uh it 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 was a it was a huge thing for me to be able to go to a spanish speaking country and use the spanish that i'd learned yeah cuz you went you went somewhere without me I, I was joining you guys later yes and you had to you had a couple of days on your own yes where you were, your Spanish was going to finally be put to the test. Yes. Because you were going to have somebody to take over if you didn't know what was no. up. I would just look at When you and I go, I just look at you and you just start talking. But yeah. it was going to be all on me. Yeah. Because I had my boys th- with me and they didn't know any Spanish yeah. at all. And they were actually super impressed. Yeah. Well, what I wasn't... I'm ex- super impressed. With what you. I wasn't expecting. And if, if you get... If, if you are smart and you download Duolingo or any of the other language apps and you sound pretty good what i wasn't expecting i would say a couple of things in spanish and they would go oh she speaks spanish and they would they They would would, go way beyond way beyond they would start talking super fast and then like 
asking me questions and, all, and I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, hold on, slow down a second. Lentamente, por yeah, favor. I'm yeah. still learning. Yeah, yeah. Aprendiendo. Yeah. Estoy aprendiendo. And, but it was great because then they would laugh. Yeah. And, but they would, they would really appreciate the fact that I was making an effort mm -hmm. to learn their language and to relate to them rather than just showing up with my Canadian English and demanding that they do their best to talk to me in my language in their country. Like Which, that, that seems like such an asinine concept. How many times they go, hey, we can do this in English if that's easier for you. And you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I guess we could do no, that. No, I want to practice. But but like, and such a contrast for me because I I traveled, I'd spent some time traveling um, in Quebec, which right. is the French province in our country there. <laughs> and Oh my goodness. They, and look, Quebecers that are out there, if I got this wrong, set the record straight we love quebec yeah email info montreal at, is one of the most beautiful cities info at cheating on fear.com uh, yeah montreal is one of my favorite cities in the country yeah. so it's like our europe it is like, like quebec europe. city and montreal are like the european part of yeah, canada absolutely and, and i mean that in like in a real positive yeah, way Yeah, absolutely but i don't know how many interactions every time i go in there it's like i if i don't speak french the people i'm interacting with don't want to have anything to do with me and in canada we all start learning French from grade four. Yeah. So we can all speak a little bit of French. Yeah, but on but, but they don't care. But and it, but it <laughs> they finishes, don't like it. It finishes the first the first uh, like year of high school is is when mandatory French ends. I think, and then you have to. It's grade nine, right? I think I think you have to. I think you have to take in grade ten too. Maybe now. Yeah. But there's this there's this uh, I'm gonna get his name wrong. There's this this Canadian comedian who has this story about he was in he was traveling in Quebec and <laughs> and his his car got a flat tire and he was in some small town and he was like trying to figure out he's like you know he has Ontario high school French meaning he has hardly any French oh yeah, it's, yeah and it's and he pretty and, and and he's trying to go to a tire shop and he knows a little bit so he's like je besoin like I want I need or I need and see and a tire a tire and he's like do you know the word for a tire to the audience? He's like, go on, guess. You could guess for a million years. You're never going to get it. Puna. 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 Je besoin puna. That's what he wanted, right? And so so he gets that sorted and, the, and, the, and you know, he realizes it's going to take a little bit of time. And so he goes to, he goes to a, like a coffee shop mm -hmm. and he wanted some ketchup. Right. And he's like, oh my God, tire was puna. Ketchup could be anything. anything. And instead, because this is Quebecois, it's just ketchup with like a French accent, right? Like that's all it was. Think George St. Pierre. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's, that's all that it was. And, and, and that, you know, the contrast in places like in Latin America or in, in parts of Asia where I've traveled, where if you, even if you suck at it, yeah. but you try, yeah. unlike my French Canadian experience where they just kind of go, oh, <laughs> And just like are so annoyed. They're so by tired it. of our shit. Yeah, yeah. they rightly so because we are shitty in, in, in yeah, other ways. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but there, in especially in Central America, like it just opens up doors, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And 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 the the cultures are very warm and inviting mm -hmm. and there's this culture of like a stranger is somebody that you should look out for right. right they're a visitor they're a guest and if you don't even if you don't have very much in my experience doing field work working in areas that were not affluent and certainly not touristy and you get invited in to have some food and you know you're eating chicken 
and that's a big deal that's because like a big yeah, Sunday dinner. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it's not like you're eating KFC big meaty drumsticks or something like that. It's mm-hmm. kind of like you know, you're getting it, and it's like somebody already ate all the chicken off of it. <laughs> And now you're eating it like but these it's a are, big deal. These are fighting chickens. Like these are like survival chickens. But they're sharing what little they have with you because you're you're a guest. And those kinds of experiences help connect people. Absolutely. Right. In ways that that bridge those kind of cultural those cultural gaps. I think that's what Bourdain was kind of getting at when he when he would do those sorts of things. Well, it wouldn't be cheating on fear without a ninety day reference. Okay. Yeah. And I'm thinking about that guy that went over to the Philippines mm. and her family um, does like a pig roast. Yeah, lechon for for him, mm-hmm. and it's a huge deal, a massive like, deal, a massive deal. Pigs are expensive, expensive. Yeah. and in like in a lot of parts of Latin America, they're treated better than dogs, like yeah. as family pets almost. Right? And so he 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 goes to the Philippines, and he will not. He refuses. He will not eat it, and it's like a ginormous insult to her yeah. family and to her yeah. she seriously considers like i think this is over maybe, because, maybe i can't marry this guy but this is the thing like and she should have it's fuck it she should have yeah. but it's like you know nobody can nobody can show up in america and not like bacon like it's like why don't you like bacon but how is that different it's pig it's, it's all still, pig. it's all pig but anyway so so I think he just couldn't deal with like a glazed, intact pig with com- the snout being sitting un- there. Yeah, being unwrapped in from leaves, baking all day. I know, but that's anyway. But that, but that's the thing. It's ridiculous. You know, immersing yourself in the food culture yeah. is super, super important, and it's it's really a great way to expand your palate mm-hmm. and to show Try respect things. and to learn and to and to, like you said, you know, to have that community with people. Right. Mm-hmm. For them to it's it's a great sense and source of pride to yeah. share your food culture with someone. We cook for our friends and, and share food with our friends because it's a way to show show that you care about them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Affection yeah. and and hospitality. So yeah. um, one of the things I love about traveling with you is that. Yes. <laughs> you Detail. do your research. Yes. Before we go. Yeah, I try to. What. What are some of the things that you look for when you're when when we're about to go somewhere? So the first thing, and I think this is part of my training as an anthropologist, the first thing I look at are what kind of cultural sensitivities do I need to be aware of? Because mm. I got kind of caught flat-footed. Oh, you did? Yeah, I was in uh, Italy for a, a conference. Okay. And at the end of the conference, I went to Rome because the conference wasn't in Rome. And, and I was like, and I have family, obviously my background is, is Italian. So after, before I was going to go visit my family. That's in a obvious part to of me because I can see you, but it's not obvious No, we've, to talked, we've talked about it before. Oh, okay. Oh, that's you right. might've heard mention of my nonna every once right, in a while. that's right. And, and so I, I was like, I have to go to Rome because Rome is Rome and it's got all this history. And if you've never been to Rome, totally go to Rome. I it's, can't wait to go to Rome. I can't wait to go to Rome with you. Mm. But like the Circus Maximus, which is like like where the Roman gladiators would race, is like in this downtown area, the Colosseum. Everybody's seen it. It's right. like like every you just you stumble across. Oh, this is the Temple of Hercules. It's like twenty five hundred years old, and it's like in a park. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, there's nothing in Canada right? that's twenty five hundred years old that's still standing right now. Like, it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just not not something that we come across here. And inside Rome is. Vatican City, which is a 
this like little city state yep. inside of the city of Rome. And you can go in there and the Swiss guards have their, you know, uniforms designed by Michelangelo or Leonardo da Vinci or one of the famous I thought you were going to say DiCaprio, but... Not DiCaprio. No, okay. But like there's all these things. And I wanted to go into St. Peter's Basilica. Right. I was in Rome and it was August. So it was right. hot as balls. Mm-hmm. So I'm wearing shorts. You can't go into the, any of the churches in Vatican City in shorts. Oh, you can't? No, you got to wear pants. Helpfully, there are vendors on the street selling you paper pants. Okay, and like tissue, like like tissue, like, like like PPE pants, basically oh, wow. like personal protective equipment in pant form. Oh wow! Okay, okay? like disposable scrubs. Yeah, pretty much. Oh wow! Right, okay, okay. and they had like god awful patterns. Like it was like you know like the Vatican City on it or something like that. That's kind of funny. And actually. I was with my ex, and and she was wearing a halter neck top. Right. So she also couldn't go in because, because her shoulders were exposed. Her shoulders, right? right. These yeah, modesty yeah. laws. So I couldn't go in because I was wearing shorts, and she couldn't go in because. She, she had, had her shoulders, shoulders covered and we didn't have a ton of money. So it was 10 euros to either buy a shawl <gasps> or a pair of pants. Okay. And I'm like a poor graduate student. So 10 euros is like a big deal, right? Right. And so so we paid the 10 euros for her to buy a shawl. She goes in, sees St. Peter's Basilica and, right. you know, the like, you know, God touching man, finger pointing thing and like all that sort of stuff. And I take pictures (laughs) of the Swiss guards and stuff like that. And so after that, I was like, I need to make sure like I know this shit. I'm not Catholic. I don't spend a ton of time in churches. So I don't. Did you take her shawl afterwards and wrap it around your leg so you could go in? Like as a skirt or something like that? No. No. At that point, at that point, we were ready to move on. You were super over it. So that's one of the things that I do is, is I try to figure out if there's anything that in the way I would normally kind of operate, like it's odd I wear shorts. Like, right. is that going to be a problem, right? Is that going to offend yeah. somebody? And so that's one of the first things that I, I look at to see if me or the people I'm traveling with, if there's any kind of special considerations that we need to make to be to be um, sensitive to things. And like wearing camouflage in some places, that's actually a problem. Really? Because that's a military thing. That's good for me to know because camo is my favorite that's color. That's sort of, yeah, that is. Like you can wear any color you want as long as it's in camouflage, oh, yeah. right? And so, yeah, like in certain parts of Africa and in certain parts where there's, like in South America, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, where there has been a history of like insurgencies and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like you don't wear camouflage huh. because you don't want to be mistaken as a rebel or anything right. like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, cultural stuff. That's the first thing that I, I like to I like to look into so they can understand a little bit about where I'm going and be a respectful visitor to that country. I also find if if you're looking for quick ways to to look stuff up, Pinterest is so great for travel and for things to see places that that may be a little bit off the beaten path. Like um, we went to Spain, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that came up on Pinterest was like where they shot Game of Thrones right in Seville, yeah. where they shot. Star Wars yeah. in Seville. And so that was it was kind of touristy. Yeah. But it was it was also a little bit off the beaten path where it was that wasn't something that a lot of people knew about. And from the exterior I mean the Plaza de España is is huge. You can see that oh, from yeah, the exterior. Yeah. But the 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 um the palace you, we walked past that several times. Oh, you could have easily missed it. And we're it. just like, oh, that must just be a big church or something like that. No, and, it was, it, it's huge. There's yeah. like 35 gardens yeah, or something. Yeah, the, the Real Alcazar. That's right, yeah. In in, um, in Sevilla. And it stands in for 
um oh my gosh the water gardens in game of thrones from dorn from dorn yeah yeah it's beautiful um and and that was super cool but then because we were going there because we're both like game of thrones geeks and star wars nerds then you learn the history of those places and why they're there in the first place and so that's pretty cool too like and you're just i mean they're awe-inspiring places yeah um so i think that's kind of cool that you you can follow your interest right yeah and we find you find out a lot of things and i mean (laughs) to be fair um it's really just for you and i because i don't know about you but i've been talking to people about our trip and I don't know. Have you ever watched somebody's eyes slowly glaze over as hmm. you're telling them about all the cool things that you did somewhere? Oh, it happens really... to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? No. You Sometimes. Don't, you don't find that? I don't know. I, You know, when people like, how was your trip? And you want to tell them about all these cool things. And they're just going, uh, like, did you did you go to Lake Louise? Yeah, I did. Okay, that's all I want to know. Yeah. Right? Like, they just. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also really enjoy the fact that you've done so much traveling throughout the world that if we have never been to a place before, we kind of just figure it out ourselves. Yeah. We find our own path. Yeah. So like a couple of years ago, we decided we were going to go to Costa Rica and we neither of us had ever been. And we knew a lot of people that had been there and they all had their recommendations recommendations and opinions about where we should go and where we should stay. And I really liked the way we decided to do it where we dropped into the middle of the country. We had a few contacts. Yeah. And we just, it was like uh, where we were staying in San Jose in the the capital city was like a hub. We would just... Mm -hmm go out and come back and go out and come back in all different directions. Yeah. And it was a great way to explore the country a little bit and see, I mean, it's, it's a fairly large country. It's long. It's long. Yeah. Um, and so we were able to get a taste of some of the different mm-hmm. areas. And so when we went back a year and a half later, yeah. Yeah. Um, we were a little bit more, specific about where we wanted to be and how much time we wanted to spend in different places and where we wanted to yeah where where your sons where we were going to be the time that we were going to spend with your sons Mm -hmm. we kind of had an idea where we thought would be a good experience for them because they hadn't traveled a ton no they hadn't they hadn't traveled a ton so we thought like you know the cute little you know surfer town that we had been to was something that they would really enjoy And and it was close to Manuel Antonio, which is one of These one of the best parks. national parks yeah. in the country, and it was a little bit more um, planned out because yeah. we had enough experience to know. Okay, we wanted to go here, and we still haven't been to really the, the main touristy, the big touristy places. parts of Costa Rica in the north. Like we yeah. never fly into Liberia. Liberia, we yeah. always fly into San Jose, and and it was because we wanted to be more central. And then have access to all yeah. these different places. Plus, our coffee guy is is not far from. Oh San Jose. my gosh, <laughs> we we should we should plug that too. Because you know what? I'll throw I'll throw that in. I'll throw that in the show notes because Hacienda Real. Yeah, Vlad at Hacienda Real will make you the best coffee oh my gosh. you've ever had. Best coffee we've ever had. He's like a small batch roaster. Yeah, uses these like 
antique roasting machines. We always go to visit them. We yeah. have a great talk about politics and, you know, culture and all that kind of stuff. And, and then coffee. And then he'll and then he'll go, oh, are you going to get some coffee today? Because there's some just coming out of the roaster. I'll just grind that up for you. And we're like, oh, my God. Like yeah, it's like, warm in the bags when we get it. And when we order it. Like we'll order it like on a, on like a, on a weekend. On a Sunday. Yeah. And it'll show up on a Friday. And it's been roasted like If it takes a Monday. long time. Usually usually he roasts it on Monday. And then we get the shipping notification that it's leaving yeah. Monday. Yeah, yeah, And if it doesn't get held up in customs, we'll get it like two days later. Yeah. And yeah. like the stuff is like literally roasted and ground amazing the day after we order it we'll put a link in for you guys yeah you're welcome yeah you're welcome (laughs) yeah let us know what you think because oh my gosh it's so amazing um i think it's important to be think about being in in another country like you're a guest in somebody's house do you do you worry about your safety in the places that we travel because I feel like safety concerns are what keep a lot of people on resorts and doing those organized kinds of vacationing rather than the kind of more free-form traveling like we've been talking about. That's a great question. I think that that's one of the reasons why research is important, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to go the Airbnb route. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure, like when we were in Cape Town. Right. We, you, you had a, at the start of COVID, you had a very good working knowledge of the different areas, right? The neighborhoods and yeah. what was close to and, what. And, and yeah. so we were looking for Airbnbs in safer areas, knowing, you know, that we, that was something that we needed to be. My oldest son was with us. Of. Yeah. My sister was with us. So we, yeah. it wasn't just you and I, no. you know, we, I, I couldn't just rely on you jujitsu to save all of us. <laughs> I, I think it's foolish regardless of how competent you think you are. Yeah. I think it's foolish to not pay attention to where you are, what you're doing. Um, we always, I always get upset when our rental car looks like a rental car. Yeah. You don't want a, a sticker, sticker Fuck that. of a rental car. Nothing says rob me like yeah, a rental or car. Or watch where I'm going. Yeah. Um, I think that when you... Uh, that's why it's important to to do your research. Yeah. I think that it and you can't just walk around thinking that every place is like where you're from, you know? And I think that hubris is a dangerous thing when you're going to other countries yeah. and you're not super familiar with with I mean, it's you know, a balance, I, right? I, I I remember I took my sons a few years ago to Washington DC, which was a, an amazing trip we drove it was a beautiful drive through pennsylvania and like it was gorgeous through coal mining country yeah like it was absolutely stunning and i love dc i took them there on purpose because i'd been there previously and i thought that they would love it and they did and it was a really really special trip for us but we had to be very very careful to stay where we were supposed to yeah. stay because there are there are neighborhoods in every city where you really don't have any business walking around mm-hmm. thinking like everything's cool. Um, but I think awareness is just a, a big, big thing. Yeah. I, I've never really felt unsafe in any of the places that we've been together. And and of course, you and I traveling together and your experience in different places in the world is really 
a, a big deal um, for me because I know that you are kind of like, uh, this isn't the best idea. We should probably turn around or we should probably not go this way. Yeah. But, and I think we both have really good instincts. Like remember when we were in Lisbon and you wanted to take a picture and I was like, no, 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 let's move through because there were a couple of people around that. Yeah, just, you're getting a bad vibe. I was just getting a bad vibe. And it's like, maybe I was wrong, but I'd rather be wrong <laughs> and go somewhere else than be right. And then we're in this, yeah, you know, potentially unsafe situation then we're having to fill out paperwork because there's broken arms all around <laughs> us and yeah you know i don't ever want to have to do that i, I you know i traveled <laughs> by myself and i was like accosted by someone on the street and it it they stopped at the last minute and kind of turned and went in the other direction but it scared me a yeah, lot and yeah. i was already in my head thinking about okay like here's what i'm gonna have to do and i and i was really glad that i didn't have to do anything and defend myself but yeah. it was scary enough that i was like Whoa. you know you really have to be aware you can't wander around looking like a tourist yeah that's and and the the the, the little bit of traveling that i've done on my own i would say do everything that you can to not look like a tourist yeah be very deliberate in where you're going yeah. even if you're lost make it look like you know where you're going yeah and don't pull out your phone and start looking around and go and go and sit somewhere Go and sit and have a coffee and look at yeah, your phone and figure out your shit. Don't be wandering around with your head in the sky going, oh, I, I'm not really sure. It's Or buried in your phone. That's about it. Or idea. buried in your phone. It's. I think it's really important for you to look like you know what you're, what it, you're doing. I've always, in a lot of places that I traveled when I was younger, I always... And it's this is just a generally good idea. You don't want to have a lot of visible signs of wealth if you're in a oh, country yeah, where there's no. a lot of people who are not wealthy, right? Like if you're in Singapore, busting on an iPhone isn't going to be a problem because right. everybody's got something like that. Right. But if you're in some tiny little village in El Salvador, mm -hmm. you probably don't want to be pulling out your $1,500 phone and yeah. flashing it around, right? right or right. big wads of cash or lots of expensive jewelry, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But to your point... One of the greatest things about smartwatches is you can plug a destination in on your phone. Mm -hmm. I always get a local SIM card when I go these places. Yeah, that's another Unless thing. you've got a, a phone plan that makes it reasonable for you to roam with mm -hmm. data. But generally, if you're Canadian, Roaming you don't. Sucks, Roaming yeah. sucks. So for like in you know Portugal, we spent 20 euros on a SIM card and got like eight gigs of data. And, yeah. And then that, that sorted us for everything. Mm -hmm. But you can punch in your destination and then on my, on my watch... It, it's navigating me it to that point you. so yeah. it vibrates when i get you know to a corner it vibrates to tell me hey you're gonna have to turn and all i have to do is look like i'm checking the time right and oh i gotta go left here yeah right and and then it gives you the next direction and when i get that vibration i know here's where i gotta yeah. turn that's and a so, great point and so you can make it look like you're not a tourist mm -hmm. and still kind of have an idea and i i've used that a lot over yeah. the, in like lisbon and seville and stuff like that yeah, yeah. use that a lot when we're trying to figure out where we're going and that helped us immensely well that one night we were out we were out quite late <laughs> <laughs> it's like we we were out late enough and drunk enough we were like no we'll just walk yeah we'll just walk back like an to our walk back to our place at least yeah i think it was probably and more than that heels weren't you no i wasn't were I you was, in flats i was in flats but Holy they were kind of slippy and cobble we, cobblestone streets and i don't and, I, I don't know how many of you have been to Lisbon, but it's very, very much. It's frighteningly it's similar to San Francisco. Yeah, hilly, it's very hilly. Yeah. There's streetcars everywhere, and like whether they're running or not, there's tracks everywhere, yeah. and it's cobbly streets, and they're 
thousands of years old. So they're super shiny and yeah. slippery. And it's a beautiful city, by the way. Like, it's stunning. It's stunning. But man, oh man, I think there was one po- point where you were walking in front of me and I was holding onto your waist and sliding down mm-hmm. <laughs> this mm-hmm. hill because the, the cobblestones were so shiny. But but I, I didn't know where we were going. No. It was dark. It was dark, and we it, and some of it was. And we were vaguely an hour and a half away, and some of it was vaguely familiar because yeah, we, we got we'd to a point where it was like, okay, now we're yeah, good. we kind of. But that was again at like one, two o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to be pulling my phone at three in the morning. Yeah, I didn't no. want to be pulling my phone out because no. we didn't see that many people, but but we was, don't know how many people saw us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. and and so this way it made it a lot a lot easier. Yeah, so for sure. think think about how you're going to get around in these places. Mm-hmm. In as inconspicuous a way as possible. And that might be just taking taxis. Mm-hmm. It might be driving around places. Um, walking is great. Walking is great, but there are places where walking maybe isn't advisable. But again, this is, this is when you try and find Do some accommodation yeah. that puts you in a place that's walkable. Yeah. Because you can really... And, and again, that's how you... When we were in Seville, there was a bakery... A, at the end of our block like an, a 90 second walk from mm-hmm. our airbnb and we were there almost every morning mm-hmm. getting stuff so people start to get to know you and you you know good morning and um so but yeah i, I mean safety is always is always a concern and let's not pretend like shit doesn't go down on resorts well either yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. there there have been you're not quite impervious. a few stories no there have been quite a few there stories were, about shit going down murders on in the mayan riviera and stuff like and that. rape and rape as well yeah and so, and drink spiking and yeah all that so kind of stuff. you yeah. always need to be aware, be aware. always need be to be aware. aware um so what are what do you think all of the travel that you've done has changed you as a person I think it's, it's, I think one of the benefits of travel in general is that we see the world in the bubble that we exist in, whether it's Mm. your social media bubble or your bubble of friends and family or your like your, your life experience, whatever you do, you go to work, you come home, you see friends, you go to the gym, whatever, like you have these routines, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's very easy to forget that although we might speak different languages and we might look different, that we're still all human beings. Right. And I think when you get a chance to travel and you go to a, another country, and especially to it, like, you know, when we go to the States, it's not quite the same cultural change as when we go to Latin America or something right. like that, right? So yeah. so when when you go to a place where the culture is different enough from your, or you, either where, the way you grew up or where you live, then you start to realize that, okay, it's different and there are differences, but at the end of the day, we all have the same basic needs and wants and desires. Right. And it's certainly given me a better appreciation of the advantages that have been afforded to me just by virtue of my birth. Right. I just happened to be born in Canada. Yeah. And that's afforded me so many opportunities that friends that, that I have in these, in a lot of other countries around the world, don't have right and i think in you know coming to the end of this summer that has been so very different because of covid Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of division going around yeah uh, around people who believe or don't believe in the virus or the methods that are being taken to to keep people safe and you know all of that kind of stuff and i think when you travel 
you realize that not only is the world a giant place, but it's also way smaller than than you thought. Like it ends up simultaneously being both of those things, right? right. That's so, that's such a cool way to put it. Yeah, like it's yeah. huge because you know you fly twenty something hours to get to <laughs> South Africa. Yeah, but then when you get there. The people you you meet and spend time with, they want the same things that you want. They right? love their family. They love their they family. Love their kids. They, they just lo- want they, to have a good life. Uh, yeah, they want the next generation to have more opportunities than their yeah. generation, and, and those same kind of basic human desires that that we all sort of share mm. are there. And I think the more you can understand other cultures, I think it makes it, it helps almost like inoculate you to the kind of negative views that you that you see. Because you know, hey, hang on a second. When somebody goes and says that all people from this country are rapists and murderers, and you're like, wait a minute, I know lots of people from that country. I've spent time in that country, mm-hmm. and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are shitty people, but there's shitty people everywhere, yeah. right? And you realize that you can't just, you know, paint everybody under in the same way just because you've got this opinion that somebody has said. You can think for yourself, and you can see this is what your experience is. And I think one of the things that's when I want to spend my money experiences are where I would much rather mm. spend my money for us and yes. for our children. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not our, we do not have children, but oh your God. children and my children, I would much rather take we have them. theoretical children. Theoretical children. I would much rather, the podcast is our child. <laughs> I would much rather take our various progeny Mm -hmm. to do experiences and to spend time with other people in other parts of the world than to buy them, you know, the next doll or video game or hundredth t-shirt or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that that, that those experiences and that time in those other cultures is far more valuable than spending money on On stuff stuff to fill your house. Yeah. You know? Well, this is the thing. I, I I think what you were describing, for me, mm-hmm. I think that travel is a phenomenal way to build empathy. Yeah, absolutely. For you, for your kids. I, You know, listen, I, I don't have an acrimonious relationship with my ex, with my, my children's father. Your baby daddy? And he was my husband. He wasn't my baby daddy. <laughs> um, but when I, when I wanted to, in, you know take the kids away over Christmas. Not that I was expecting any pushback from him, but he was very on board with that. Yeah, he, he was. was like, I I love that idea of an experience over stuff. The last thing they need is more stuff. Yeah. I'm super on board with that. And he and that that's something that we we agree on. That that's a better a yeah. better use of time and money. Yeah. Than, than stuff. So exactly what you were saying. But I think that, you know, your your children have had the opportunity to travel a little bit already. Mm-hmm. Mine are just getting going with that. But that is, it goes a long way to building empathy and understanding other people from other cultures and the struggles that they have. Yeah. Um, I think that because I'm not a giant fan of the way we do life here in North America, mm-hmm. I think it's there's a lot of parts of it that are kind of fucked up and we have it wrong. We're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're depressed and anxious and exhausted and unhealthy and right there. Mm-hmm. And so I like traveling because I like to learn about how different cultures and different people do life. And I like to 
bring some of those things back here with me so that I can construct a life and and structure it the way that it makes me happy and that I can that that is it it's peaceful for me right rather than just adopting this North American way of life and like you know it's all about hustling and uh, like you're smiling. What are you smiling? Because I'm, I'm thinking. I just had this thought. Well, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to interrupt your flow. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring it. No, in do after. it now. Cause okay. Because uh, um, the flow is interrupted. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you noticed that everywhere that you and I have traveled, that everywhere has had a similar way of life, like Ecuador, Costa Rica, Mexico, Portugal, Spain, um, South Africa. Mm-hmm. They've all had more similarities in the way that people live there than than the way we live in North America. Yeah. It's it seems to be way more communal. Yep. Um don't and get more me laid wrong. Back. More laid back. Don't people want their nice things. Like it's not like oh, yeah. they don't like it's not like everybody's like just give me, you know, no name brand everything. They want their brand mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense of community in a lot of the places that we've yes. gone to. And that that place that you were talking about, that restaurant that we went to in Seville was in this like open promenade. Mm-hmm. And they the promenade was ringed by restaurants. Yes. And in the promenade there were playgrounds and and fountains fountains and all this sort of stuff and people would come there and the kids families would come the kids would go run around and play the parents would sit at tables watching their kids not on a tether but you know letting them run around and explore they'd have a drink or a coffee or with their friends and 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 you know and and people would get together and there was this social connectiveness yes and it would go on late. Really late. Like in the middle like of the they, week. They wouldn't show up. They wouldn't show up until 8, 8.30. Yeah. And it would be yeah. 11 o'clock and these kids are still running around <laughs> and stuff like that, right? And and yeah. it's, and it's I mean, it was the summertime, so maybe yeah. they weren't in school or something like that. Yeah. But where, you know, in the before times, where did you ever see that here where I, you would have that kind of stuff? Yeah, we didn't. And, and, and the ironic thing is I feel kind of bad actually like that I – that I like triggered something because I remember coming back from Europe and saying, we, Europe seems to be built for people. Yes. Pedestrians. And North America is built for cars. Yeah. So much of our city planning goes into that. When we were in Seville, there were no parking lots anywhere. Not in the area we were. You found a spot on the, on a side street somewhere or an underground park. There was like. Sometimes they're a little like. Squares in between houses Tiny and stuff, squares, and there might like, be a handful. But of parking not spots, not yeah. right in the downtown area. There no. were no parking lots because you know what? The downtown area, all of that, all of that real estate, that's for people. Yep. And there were large parts of the city where no cars were allowed at all. Mm-hmm. It was all all pedestrian. pedestrian promenades, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was all for outdoor restaurants and places for people to walk and i was thinking you know we don't have enough of that here in north america and then covid hits (laughs) and the only way you can go out for a meal is to sit out in the street or in the parking lots that are now closed to cars that are now closed to cars and being taken over for tables and for patios right and it was like I don't hate this. Yeah, this is <laughs> kind of nice. This is actually kind of nice to not have cars everywhere and to yeah. prioritize people and allowing them to have some space instead of being 
packed in like sardines. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sorry if I wished COVID on everybody. No, you didn't wish COVID. You just wanted more pedestrian space. And I just wanted more space. One of the functions of keeping the restaurant industry alive during COVID was that that's how it would have to happen. And we've had a couple of nice meals out. Yeah. Outside, like we were in Europe in the summertime. I don't know what's going to be like three months from now when it's cold. I don't know. I imagine, listen, if there's any businesses out there that make those giant tower. Heaters? Like, yeah, that those heaters. Yeah, you know what? Ramp up your... Ramp up your manufacturing your because because Canada needs your shit yeah. for winter patio dining. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like that's something that's going to happen is that we're going to bundle up a little bit. I'm going to put on my super puff. Yeah. And we're going to be eating outside in spaces that have these giant ass tower heaters to keep everybody, you know, comfy because I don't, you know, and but this is what I'm saying. I like to have space to have a meal with people that I care about. And I, I feel like this sort of European, mm-hmm. um, even Central and South American way of life has been sort of foisted upon us by necessity. Mm-hmm. And it's not all bad. I, I think to have our way of life challenged and to have that paradigm shift from this is the way it has to be no it very doesn't no have to be and i think that i think that before all of this hit you're right you and i were learning a lot of lessons from places that we went and the people that we met and the perspectives that we learned and we would bring those home and use them and utilize them to make our own lives better and the lives of the people that we care about yeah and even just, I've been having a lot more people, not all at once, but like where no, I would, be. where I used to go out, where I used to go out with a friend to have a meal. Now I invite them over and make them a meal because it feels good to do that. You don't have to deal with other people. Yeah. And, you know, so, so I think that travel for us is very much an enriching experience, mm-hmm. a learning experience, an empathy building experience, an adventure for the both of us. Yeah. We try something new. That adventure new aspect places. is, and I mean, it doesn't have to be adrenaline junkie type stuff, but experiencing new I places and things. I don't need any more adrenaline than no. I already have. Thank you. We'll just put you in the passenger seat of a car. There's your adrenaline <laughs> hit for the day. During rush hour. Yeah. <laughs> in a snowstorm. Uh, but I think I think that to, for our relationship, I think having those new experiences together food nature mm-hmm. just travel in general history history because we're both kind of history nerds yeah and just experiencing stuff i think is awesome and you know you can we can take a page out of bourdain's kind of ethos and you know because we're not really able to travel as much internationally now no. you can still do that back home you can go to the next state over, you can go to another big city, and you can do the same kind of things that you would do if you were going to an entirely different country. Hyperlocal travel yeah. is the thing right now. Find find the craft brewery or the distillery or look at the food scene in, in a new city mm-hmm. and what kind of art and culture is there. Mm-hmm. And I think you'd be surprised at what you're going to find you know, in the next town over. Delightfully so. Yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, I think that's a, a great way to end it. Yeah. Awesome. So how can everybody find us? Well, um, they can find us on our website, mm-hmm. cheatingonfear.com. You can also send us an email if you have any comments or questions or... You're from Quebec and you want to anecdotes. refute. Okay, if you want to yell at Dante and you're Please from do. Quebec, send uh, it. info at cheatingonfear.com. We also are on Instagram and Twitter at cheatingonfear. So I guess before we go, I would just say build a life you don't need a vacation from, but there you, you go. always would like to travel. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Thanks, B. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye, guys. See you next time.